Hey everyone, these next two episodes are going to be a part one and part two kind of situation. They're really awesome, and without further ado, I'll just let us get into it, and I'll explain myself at the very end of this. Have fun listening. Dana Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dane and Derek, and welcome to a very, very special episode today. My name is Derek, and with me, as always, is uh, Dane, who's right over there. Hi. Hi. Don't worry about me today, though. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the... Uh, yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Dane and I... probably won't shut up at some point. Uh, it's okay, buddy. But yeah, Dane and I <laughs> are not the important people today, because today we have a very, very special guest from Down Under in the future... Jen Zemke, uh, who does our cover art on the show. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi, thank you. I'm Jen. I do art. Yes, you do art. Uh, we went to film school together. Um, we interned at the same place, different semesters, but we interned at the same place. Uh, shout out, Dark Horse Entertainment. And now you're living in Australia and you drew our you you drawn our cover art three seasons in a row. Um, yes, thank you. I'm so pleased that you came back a second time because I was like, what if they hate it? Oh, oh no. 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 <laughs> no, I, w- I I when I first saw th- when I saw the first one in particular, I was like, oh, that is a flattering drawing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I should say yeah, not no. because I thought you guys specifically would hate it. That's just something that I go through like literally every time I do a drawing for someone. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The artist imagine. feelings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I have, okay. I have questions. See, I'm not going to shut up. Um, <laughs> Hit me. Hit me with all your questions. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. Question number one of the, of the cover arts uh, you've done for us, which was your favorite to do? Oh, that's hard. I think season three with the coffee cup, um, just because it is sort of unusual to what I normally do. Like, normally I do quite clean line art um, and block colors. And this one was like a bit more painty, which is something that I was kind of experimenting with. So that was super fun. Yeah, Yeah, I think you had painted some like fruit yeah mango <laughs> yeah you can you can see this this mango on your instagram at freshwater bear i had seen that and i was like wow i love that texture let's let's use that <laughs> yeah just quick shout out and i'm sure we'll shout out many times uh jen does amazing commissions um in that line art style of like people's D characters i have gotten a commission from jen on that and it was fucking great um jen i don't know if i ever told you this in the email but the person i um i had you do those for she cried um, oh my she was so excited about it so they're great folks you just go get some if they want them oh thank you yeah yeah oh okay i have more questions you guys tell me how how to give me the meat cute i know like, like the friend meet cute um because okay. whenever we have guests on we always do the we always do the meet cute yeah um do you want to go or should i go okay you should tell me your perspective because i'm so curious (laughs) okay so um it starts with like i was like a 
camp counselor for like a pretty short film camp over the summer after my freshman year at Emerson. I met Trevor there. He was a high school student. He ended up going to Emerson, which is the same school that we went to. Um, and then he worked on your short. And I don't know if he told me about it or if I just like saw you posting about it somewhere. But you guys were like, we need a BTS shooter. And I was like, yeah, I love that. I could do that. Yeah. And that's where we met. Yeah, you came on to do behind the scenes for a thing I was doing with a bunch of Emerson folks like Chris Marino, uh, Nicholas Novak, Haley Thompson, uh, I think Trevor, a bunch of other folks. There were a lot of good folks involved on that short. And uh, Which short is this? Can we still see it somewhere? Yeah, it's on the internet. Uh, I'll put a link. It's called Impulse. It's basically about a guy who uh is like rejected from everything <laughs> um and he's trying to find like a sense of self-worth and he sort of has like a lady in the lake excalibur moment and is gifted a magical sword and then has to go on the run from some demon parkour guys um <laughs> neat yeah we did it for a film competition um it was so fun yeah i loved that it was like once you once the parkour is introduced i'm like hell yes let's go yeah, that was a wild time. I don't even remember how we found those guys. I know one of them plays music and the other is like a barber now and does really great like haircuts. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just like made this short film over like, was it like two days in like running around like Boston, just kind of guerrilla filmmaking. Didn't you also provide the sword? Oh my God. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because um, Shayna McKinnon, I don't know if you guys have ever met. I feel like you must have. I don't, but maybe I mean, not. Maybe in passing, but I don't remember. Um, yeah. So Shayna is, was my roommate um, in school and also for a long time in LA. And she has, there's so much mythology here. She has a dead mom who collected knives and swords. And so she has this like, fucking dope like fantasy knife and sword collection um yeah and you guys were like we need a magic sword and i was like i have access to so many actually knives and swords uh yeah i remember when that sword came on it was very cool it was like one of those like like wuxia like flexible swords that you'd see yeah. in like something out of like hero with like yes yeah it was, it was, that's exactly the one i can yeah. see it in my mind right now yeah it was a very cool sword and i am still to this day surprised we because we were running around a city with this thing yeah. <laughs> um doing stunts and running and all this stuff and yeah that was a wild time that was man you know it's funny that film um was sort of the culmination of a what was a very hard freshman year um at emerson and that film really making that film with that group of people really like kept me going and really like made me want to come back next year so um you were a part of that story um yeah that was I'll, a lot of fun yeah I had so much fun on that i will put links in the description because it's a it's a good film it's a very it's a very wholesome movie um yeah it's like three minutes long too. It's it's very tight. Um, man, what role did you play in it, Derek? And by role, I, I 
don't necessarily mean oh yeah yeah, yeah. i directed it the camera oh you directed i directed it yeah i like i wrote it with chris and nick and then nick shot it chris did the sound and visual effects Haley produced it good friend eric anderson starred in it and And you directed it and i directed it we had a couple (laughs) other great classmates who I'm, i'm blanking on uh who were a part of it uh Another Derek, Avery, uh, and I want to say there. Oh, and Liz, Liz Hamer. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great folks. Uh, yeah, a lot of them ended up, I think, working on my film two or thesis film. Yeah, ephemeral. No. Um. No, I'm thinking of a different film. The, what? The, yeah, I think that might have been one of my classmates. Um, mm. My thesis was Uprising. Uprising, like a yes. Long and terrible story, and um, <laughs> it's a it, there's a is there's a witch in that movie, right? No. Yeah, there's like yes necromancy. That's yes, called. that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh man, yeah. So that was like film school, and then literally flash forward like three, four years. I'm like looking for an internship and I somehow we you like mentioned to me like oh you should check in with Dark Horse Entertainment like and so I did and I applied and I got the internship and then flash forward six months and we're at Comic Con together selling books and comics and mugs um with like a bunch of just other comic book people and yeah (laughs) that was such like a a fortuitous time for me also because i never thought that i was gonna go to comic-con just because like tickets housing blah 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 yeah one of my friends from high school happened to be going at the same time and she was like you can just like sleep on the floor of me and my sister's hotel room wow great and i was like yes dude and then they magically somehow just like accidentally got an extra ticket to hall h and they were waiting in line for 10 hours and they were like do you want to come join us in line right now before we enter and i was like holy shit yes so i got into the big (laughs) wow like one of the big hall h days and i didn't even have to do any of the waiting for it (laughs) that is a comic-con hack story for the ages it was like holy shit yeah wow yeah okay i have another question yep so dark horse yeah i think most people who run in dark horse think about the comics but it's dark horse entertainment what else do they do and what do they still have what what are their properties still is it it's spawn because they used to do star wars comics for like the longest time but not anymore obviously they do they have their the dark horse entertainment is like they do all of the transference of comics to like tv and movies so they did the first hellboy Mm, right the original like ron perlman hellboy Mm -hmm. and i think umbrella academy yes yep Oh, is that Dark Horse? Yes, that is Dark Horse. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you want to support our former bosses, watch Umbrella Academy. Yeah, it's pretty good also. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) great. just give that a plug because it's so, the first season is so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Usagi, Yojimbo, and the Netflix adaptation, The Usagi Chronicles. Um, They've been working on that for a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. They did 
The Mask, Legend of Tarzan. Uh, oh my gosh, was that them? The yeah, Legend of Tarzan I think them? so. I what? think it was them. Yeah, we had a, there was a giant poster when I was interning there. Um, they did uh, that one Ben Stiller superhero movie in the nineties. Oh yep. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name, but if you watch the All Star Music video, (laughs) that's the that's the brand integration. It's for that movie. Um, Yeah, it's like superhero is. It's not Rocketeer, is it? No, it's not Rocketeer. It's uh, it's like something. It's it starts with an R. I think it's like replacements or like. Uh, shoot. Or like Remedy Men or something like that. It's. Huh. Mystery men. Mystery men. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You I can at least picture a box cover. Yeah. Um, All right. So they did that. I mean, comics wise, they have so many comics. Yeah, they have oh like almost every comic that Dark Horse has made, just in a file cabinet. Yeah. Uh, which I had to uh, inventory while I was there, so I was very familiar with like everything in that cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> They used to do Conan the Barbarian for a while. Uh, do they not anymore? Oh, is that Marvel? I think it went too? back to Marvel. I'm unsure. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, they Monopolies did. Monopolies are bad, y'all. Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like Usagi's the big one. I think they did American Born Chinese for a bit. They like licensed a version of that or like published oh. a version of that. Um, and then. What is it? A Grendel? If you've read that, I haven't. Like Grendel from Beowulf? Uh, no. Like Grendel, the like, the like, vigilante comic. It's very oh. dark and violent. You might like it actually. It's sort of, in some ways, maybe a reinterpretation of Beowulf. Um, hmm. it is interesting. Uh, all right. But yeah, that's that's a comic. Um. They publish all the Avatar comics as well, like like the Last Airbender yeah. comics and the okay. Korra comics. Nice. Um, I'm trying to look at the ones I have on my shelf. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all the ones I have on my shelf. But yeah, so they, yeah, and that's sort of where we. That was probably the last time we saw each other IRL. Yeah. Um, and where was that internship? It, that was in LA. Yeah, that's in LA. Yeah, yeah okay. literally a mile from where I currently live. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think they moved offices now, but yes, at the time, a mile from where I currently live in Studio City. So, huh. yeah, uh, and so yeah, Jen. So, because you were a senior when I was a freshman, or were you a junior? I think I was a junior. Junior. Okay, gotcha. So. Okay, so you graduate film school, you do that internship. There's like a gap between when we meet. What were you doing? Let me think. After I graduated, I was hopping around a bit. So I moved to Minnesota, where mm-hmm. this, I just went back home. Um, and then I did another fun little summer camp in New York for three months that summer. Mm. Um which is great because it was like I just get to do like a short stint in New York City with free housing even though I have to look after a bunch of kids mm-hmm. um, <laughs> oh. and then that fall I moved to LA so I think that would have been 
the fall of 2016, 2017. Okay. Gotcha. And then when you came back to LA, were you doing freelancing development? Cause what oh, was, yeah, I was yeah, just freelancing. Freelancing. Nice. Um, it was, uh, started off actually doing a lot of like comedy show tapings oh. because when I was in Minnesota, I did like a couple freelance gigs there. And one of the, um, producers was like, you could hit me up anytime you're in LA. So I had worked on a, uh, comedy taping in Minneapolis and then when I came to LA I was like hi I'm here so they gave me a couple of like weekend gigs which was good um I moved in with Shayna I had a just a lot of like reality shows um mm. a couple different singing shows what did I work on oh my god I feel like I have to like pull up my resume <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I, I, okay, yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess I'm just, like, curious, because, like, now, because I guess, like, film school is interesting, right, because, like, or just art school in general, because you go in yeah. studying all kinds of arts, and then when you leave, you kind of figure out, like, if you're using those arts to generate an income, or if you're using mm. those arts the way you would like to, or if you would rather, or if you're, if you realize, oh, I actually like other arts, and I feel like you did such a wide breadth of things. Oh, and so was, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a like, just a lot of PA stuff. And then I kind of got into like, um, not being like a SAG after rep, but sort of like keeping track of SAG after people on site. I do not know what this is called. Oh, like for mm. like, uh union stuff yeah so mm. it would be like i'm making sure that everyone has their paperwork signed and their time sheets filled out correctly and i let oh. people know if they are about to do something hazardous which will cause like a fine um so you know like, like you were like anytime there was water involved i'd be like you're gonna pay 200 dollars to this person for this just so you know <laughs> wow <laughs> so like hr you were like yeah, well, kind of. And, and but also OSHA. <laughs> but it was more like, I mean, they can do kind of whatever they wanted. It would just be like, I have to make a note of this and you have to pay them extra for it. So I was not, oh. I was not there to like prevent dangerous things necessarily. Mm. It's more like, because I was working for the production. The production has me around to say like, if you go overtime this much, this will be your penalties. And if you do this thing, that will be a hazard. So that'll be a penalty. Oh, like production accounting say, stuff. Yeah. Is this worth it? Yeah. I was like one time I did, like actual timesheet accounting on mm. one show. Wow. And then my last job, which uh, wasn't the reason that I like quit necessarily but made it extremely easy to leave was i was a covid coordinator first on um like a fashion show and second on king richard the will smith movie oh um and that was like of every job i've ever had the worst experience <laughs> i can imagine like 
being a COVID coordinator, especially because this would have been like 2020, 2021. Yep, it was 20, mid-2020. Oh, Everybody's man. just reading the return to work agreement for the first time and being like, do you understand this? And I was like, Ooh. well, I guess so. <laughs> man. Oh, wow. That is wild. Yeah it's, yeah, it's wild to think that we're now in a world where like, you don't COVID coordinators are not required on so many sets anymore like yeah. on certain levels I was like this this job I hope never exists again <laughs> wow dang okay wow and then okay yeah so you, you were telling me a little bit off mic but you gotta tell me tell us again like how you end up in Australia right, in the land down big, under because this I feel like now. yeah because that's like a big <laughs> transition from LA working in film to now being in the land down under yeah. so um in I cannot remember 2018 in 2018 I had been doing a lot of um tiring freelance and I was like I think maybe I want to get into something that's more nine to five like you know, it just wears you down after a while working 60 hour plus weeks. Um, <laughs> I was like, my knees are starting to hurt. This is not a good sign. And I kind of want to like have hobbies. Like I want to be able to say every Monday morning at 8 a.m. I will be able to do something or like I will be able to play soccer on the weekends or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually did a couple interviews for some comic places because my time at Dark Horse was great. I was like, I think I love comics. Like, I had read not too many before, but I was interested in them. Um, and so I was like, this could be good, is working, uh, just starting there, assistant position, etc. Um, and so because I was thinking of switching to something that was more structured, I knew that I was going to lose the flexibility of being like, oh, I'll just work for six weeks over time and then I will take four weeks off to do whatever I want right mm -hmm. um, which I think you know there's a big plus to that I think um, so I went to Korea which I had wanted to do since I was in high school my family is Korean mm. that's the impetus for that there we go <laughs> my brother had done this a couple of years before me where he went to a language school to learn Korean, hang out with the family, be in Seoul for a couple months, um, all that good stuff. And while I was there, I met my current partner, Seb Sebastian, from Australia. <laughs> um, so we were both doing the same language program, not uh. even in the same class. One of my classmates happened to be like living next to him in the dorm and invited him out to one of our get-togethers one time. So that's where we met dated for a couple months, did long distance. Um, I was supposed to come to Australia in May 2020. Uh, in March 2020, Australia was like, COVID is too serious. We are closing down our borders to all international travelers. So oh, then we didn't see each other for two years, <laughs> but we did long distance relationship. And then finally, um, in, I was like, 
I think it's going to be soon-ish. So I moved a bunch of my shit to Minnesota. And then in November 2021, they announced like, okay, we're going to open the country in December. And I was like, I'm so fucking ready to go. I had all my shit packed up. They're like, okay, this is going to be the day that the country opens. I was like, my ticket is arriving on that day. Wow. <laughs> um, so then I landed in Sydney. I did like three days of actual quarantine, two weeks of like pseudo quarantine. And then I ended up in Brisbane, which is where I live now. Wow. And Brisbane is in relation to Sydney. It is like eight to 12 hours north of it. Okay. North of Sydney. Yep. Very cool. Wow. On the um, East Coast. Gotcha. And And I hope you liked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I arrived. I mean, I live here like permanently now. I arrived on a working holiday visa. Um. Because when they opened, they were like, we're opening not just to like any traveler, but to like people who are like on, you know, XYZ visas, working holidays, one of them students, you know, mm. uh, working this visa situation is like a, been a large part of my life, actually. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So that went on for a year. Um, and now I've applied for the partner, like the permanent partner visa. Mm. which is like a two-year process uh you apply they say this looks pretty good and then you wait two years and you do like a secondary application and then they make you a permanent resident gotcha wow so you're there for the next two years at least well i'm there i'm if i become a permanent resident i will be here forever forever okay amazing because seb does not want to live in the u.s which i don't blame him for yeah and i was like i feel like of the two of us he has the more stable job and also likes it better and Mm. i you know had just done the covid thing and i was like uh it turns out i actually fucking hate everyone in los angeles and i want to leave (laughs) yeah sorry derek (laughs) it's okay i don't blame you um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's a lot of crappy people, <laughs> especially LA working a as a energy. COVID coordinator. Yeah. Like, everyone is up your ass all the time. Yeah. Cause everyone's trying to get around it and it's like, yeah, exa- yes. yeah. And it's like a fucking pain in the ass. Cause like, I haven't had to do COVID coordination, but like we had pretty strict COVID rules in our office at, at work. And like, it's just like the, uh, the kind of shit people try to pull sometimes is just, wild um and so yeah i do not envy the position you are in having to manage that um yeah people are buck wild yeah huh so what do you do out in australia down in australia over down in australia, in australia. let's just go with that <laughs> in the future uh, australia i am respecking yes. so <laughs> nice. nice right now i work i'm just working part-time at a liquor store um and i'm taking online classes for web development nice yep. Sweet. so my hope is that like my whole family is in computer shit and everyone tells me 
it's so great. You can work remotely. You'll make some good money and you'll have free time. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good life. I'll have more time to do art stuff that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, but it's uh, it's a real learning curve. <laughs> mm, I could imagine. I have not done anything like this before, so. <laughs> can relate. Yeah, well, yeah, Dane, you also made a, a big hard pivot. <laughs> Dane, yep. I heard you're going to law school. Tell me about it. <laughs> it is a, a trip, I will say that. Um, as you were saying about, like, not necessarily wanting to live in the United States, it's a uh, complicated place uh, morally and practically. Mm, Hell yep. yeah, it is. Um, and law, like you, you're describing with computer, it's like, for me... It's a whole new ball game. It's super hard, but like I find the challenge really rewarding. And it is, um, I like your term respecking because that is absolutely <laughs> what it feels like. Yep, we're um, pivoting. Yeah, big, big pivots. Uh, turning in my weird once or twice a game item to get uh, those skill points <laughs> back. Um, yeah, but I, I, I totally feel that, that that desire to create the stability you want to so you have a life so you have the um space and time to do the creative thing Mm. um like i i will say law school keeps me very busy um but at the same time i write consistently and i no longer worry about how to be emotionally fulfilled at work and if i'm going to in air quotes make it in art i don't know if you can relate if you relate to that but you know yeah i mean i think like i sort of transitioned from like first of all i was like i just realized i can be satisfied making comics and stuff like this is easily transferable from ideas that I see for film putting onto paper. And Mm -hmm. it's much less complex to do that in a comic form. Like it's just me on my computer, right? I don't have to like gather money, resources and people and schedule. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah. I had Mm -hmm. a freshman year film teacher who said this and it just hit me so hard later. He was like, you know, he gave that classic line, which is like, you have to really love this in order to do it for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I do love it. And he said also, because it is the most inefficient form of storytelling. Yeah. And I was like, mm. fuck, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. Which teacher was this? Oh, I cannot remember his name. You might have had him. You would recognize him because he was like this older Irish guy. Oh, was um, it Peter Flynn? Was it Peter something? Peter Co not Cohen. Uh, oh. Man. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah. Derek, new episode idea though. The efficiency of, of storytelling and mediums. Mm. We gotta talk about that because that is so goddamn fascinating. That we concept. could we could do a whole series I on that. I could talk forever <laughs> about this. Yeah. Because the other problem with, like, you know, comics, me doing everything myself, it's liberating because it's all on my own schedule, but it also means no one is on my ass telling me to finish it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the most efficient, like, way of telling this a is, story? Yeah, this is the thing. I think he's right. But also, I think that, like, TV and movies are, once they are made, such a great form of telling a story. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really, like, a form for the masses. Like, it's so easily accessible to people. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I suppose there's those two different sides of efficiency, right? There's the efficiency yeah. of creation, like there's the efficiency for the artist, but there's also the efficiency for the, um, the the audience. That's, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I don't oh, know. Man. I I I might argue with this this magical Peter, um, <laughs> and say I might I might argue that. Um, video games might be a slightly more efficient oh that's a good point he probably was not even thinking i bet they didn't even cross his mind okay i just googled him his name is peter flynn okay peter flynn you said he might be irish i think he is i mean i know that he is irish (laughs) yeah i believe he is sounds pretty irish yeah he uh Uh, he's a he was a very popular lecturer at emerson college Um, i I believe it because this is a great concept and you know you can and Derek and I probably will end up arguing all day about <laughs> what what's the most efficient but he he makes a good point I mean I, I I'll put it this way right like if filmmaking is a is a it's not so much an art form as it is a bucket of art mm. you know mm, yeah. it collects every other form of art and almost every other form of art can be done by one person um and it collects mm-hmm. all of them into a bucket and sometimes wrangling all those things and getting them to fit in that bucket doesn't work. And <laughs> is a bucket even the most efficient way to carry all these things? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, it's, I mean... <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's funny that you two are like, yeah, we're respecking. you know? We're, we're, we're like retooling our stats, whereas like I've had the opposite experience of like double downing and trying to like power level and grind for experience points to like supercharge like one stat (laughs) but it's it's just interesting like in the artist journey of like balancing those priorities with like what satisfies you creatively um Mm -hmm. which like jed you make some fantastic comics like i love your four panel comics they're like some of my highlights when i log on to instagram uh you know and like I'm so curious, like, what is your process for making comics? It depends. Um, Sometimes, this is very rare, I will just be like, I think I need to make something. And I will just sit at the computer and, like, doodle around four panels until something comes up. Uh, The more structured process is, like, something funny will happen or I will get an idea and I will write it down on my notes app and sort of just move it around four panels until I get what I think is the funniest version of it. Mm. So, and sometimes it doesn't always fit right away, right? So you have to change it around because I don't want to go like too long just for one joke so you kind of have to cut things down until they fit correctly and then it's just a matter of like where are people standing what are they saying how loud are they saying it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the art process begins. Nice. Which is sometimes like five layers of sketches <laughs> oh. because I'm indecisive. Gotcha. Which is like the, which part is the one that you feel like is the most like generative and creative? I've been talking with a friend recently about the different phases of um, writing novels in particular, Um, you know, and and like broadly, um, nobody writes the same, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's like the outlining phase, there's the drafting phase, and then there's the editing phase. Um, And like she hits a brick wall whenever it comes to the editing phase. Mm. Um, whereas I have a different friend who finds a ton more joy in the editing and feels like it comes to life there for them. Interesting. Um, I agree with the first friend, which is that I think the editing is sort of the harder part, but I, for a regular four panel comic, my sketching is kind of kind of also the editing phase because Mm -hmm. I will sketch what I think I want to see out and then I'll be like no I should move some things around or add more details here just to make it like feel more cohesive Mm -hmm. so I think that like half sketch half edit is the most creative and fulfilling part because once I have the initial sketch and I feel happy with it that's like the most satisfying is like, look, these expressions are going to be so funny. This like text is going to be this big, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, it feels like, okay, I am now putting like the hard work in to make it complete for people to read as opposed to like when the sketch is done and I'm laughing, that's when it feels complete for me. Right. Right. No, I like that. Yeah. And that's where we're going to be ending the interview with Jen this week. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. We had an incredible blast talking to Jen. Don't worry, we have another 45 to 50 minutes of episode coming out in two weeks. where we'll pick up the conversation on process and continue to talk about all things Australia, all things media, all things bagels and other cool things so stay tuned and come back in two weeks when we have part two with jen semke out on the field thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you then bye-bye out here on the sand not far from land sure i'm warm but i wish i was cold Oh.